This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Go to linksoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to nestbedding.com. From baseball's top personalities, the Hall of Famer, one of the great TV broadcasters, Bob Casas is here on A's Cast Live. To the A's legendary players, five time Major League Baseball home run champ, Mark McGuire is with us here. You never know what stories you're going to hear. We used to come out here to lunch and run with our shirts off. <laughs> <laughs> you would say this is A's Unfiltered with Chris Townsend. Welcome to another edition of A's Unfiltered with Chris Townsend. We've got some old friends, some guys who are great A's. Sean Doolittle, Chris Bassett, Johnny Gomes. We love all three of these guys. What they meant to the green and gold. And we'll start with the left-hander, Sean Doolittle. Do we have our World Series champion? Uh, yes, Do is here. What is happening? What's up, guys? You've been coming up in conversation. I don't have your ears been burning. <laughs> Everything. I'm down here in Florida, man. Everything's burning. Yeah, man. it's hot. Well, we just had the A's Hall of Fame ceremony, which has really become a special thing. And Jason Giambi went in. Carney Lansford went in. Gene Tennis went in. And you know, as we're looking, the list is, you know, because you got the guys that won the three World Series in the 70s. You got the guys in the 80s who won a World Series and went. And then you got the Moneyball guys. So we've now been thinking years from now, you know, once the era of what you guys did, you know, because Marcus Simeon was just in town, like when he retires, you're still not retired yet. We're. Your name started to pop up as someday we might be putting you in a green jacket and calling you an A's Hall of Famer. I don't I don't know about that. That that would be more than I deserve, but like I got selected by the fans to um I believe it was the the 50th anniversary team. Um and that was an incredible honor. Um and I think a lot of it probably had to do with the relationship that I had with the fans. I had a pretty good run in Oakland, but I think you had a damn um, good run in Oakland. <laughs> I was very lucky. I was very, and, and, but I, I think the thing that meant the, the most to me is that you know it, it was it was chosen by the fans, and uh, getting to be a part of that is, is really really special. Well, I I think back to when you got called up, and I did your first interview <clears throat> on the radio for the pregame show. <laughs> and and it was just like, this is like a Disney story. I mean, you're done. You go to Keith Lippman, who just went in recently last year to the A's Hall of Fame. And you go to Lippman and go, let me pitch. And the next thing you know, you're in the big leagues pitching. I mean, you couldn't make that up. No, you couldn't. And I, I, I tell people about it still to this day. And every time I recount the story, I'm reminded of how lucky I got and that and what an absolutely surreal surreal whirlwind it was to have to have everything come together you know to switch to pitching in august of 2011 and debut in the big leagues in june of 2012 um man like um uh i don't know i i think it's helped me maintain a, a different perspective over the course of my career because shoot i got really lucky and and none of this None of this almost, it almost didn't happen. And um, to still have a chance to do it, you know, uh, at my age and after, you know, some of the injuries and stuff, um, I, I, I feel really, really lucky. So where are you right now? Obviously, you're in Florida. You're not going to be at this series. From a health right. standpoint, where are you? 
I'm 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 getting close. Um, so I had uh, I had a I had elbow surgery last summer. Um, I had the internal brace um, to repair my UCL, and I had a setback in spring training. Um, and I came back from that. I got sent out on a rehab assignment uh, at the end of May, early June. And while I was out on a rehab assignment, I, I partially tore a tendon in my knee. Um, so I had to come back to Florida um, and continue rehabbing that. Um, but things are going really, really well. Um, I'm going to, I'm set to face hitters next week. Um, so I'm looking to, um, you know, see where I can get to by the end of the season. Um, hopefully get sent out, play some real baseball and, um, you know, I'm excited about the progress that I've made and how my body's feeling now. So, uh, I'm trying to finish the season on a positive note. You know, it's so interesting. We just had Mark Kotze on. He joins us every week here on A's Cast for the Mark Kotze Show. And he talked about for the young players and going back to when he was a young player, going back to the Florida Marlins back in the day, where he talked about it was so important for the young players to be able to finish out the season, to know what it's like just to finish a season. You were like that. But now as a veteran guy, how important is it to come back healthy and finish the season? Because obviously <clears> – <throat> you still have baseball left in you. Yeah, when my body cooperates, I, I feel like I can still compete at a really high level. Um, you know, and so, like, I want to know, you know, I would like to get to a point before the off season, you know, that I know I can still do this. I know I can still, I can still pitch. I can still get out. I can still execute and do everything that I need to do to be successful at the big league level. Um that would be it would create a lot more uncertainty right if i wasn't able to make it back by the end of the season um and was staring down another off season of rehab and um you know question marks and stuff like that um so the the timing of the knee injury was really really tough um and uh but like i said like the progress has been really good it's allowed me a little bit more time to to work on some things and um, to get my body right, um, really dial in some mechanics, you know, coming off a of UCL surgery, like a lot of players say it's really not until that, that second season when they feel like they're really back, you yeah. know, you get everything, all that fine tuning finally sinks back up. So like, you know, a little bit more time to work on things probably wasn't the worst thing in the world. Um, so I, I just, I just said uh, I'm going to put my blinders on, put my head down, and see how much progress I can make before the end of the season. You know, I, I think about your career and how you first came out of college and you were looked at as the future first baseman for the A's. So it really shows how talented you were of a baseball player that if you don't get hurt and did have the injuries, you could have hit at the big league level. That didn't work out, so you pitched at the big league level. And it's and it's so rare, right? But maybe more guys like you because of Shohei Otani now. Maybe Willie, because remember Mark Kotze? I played against Mark Kotze in college. Mark Kotze's hitting 430. Then he, yeah. com then he comes out a center field blowing 97, closing games out. But they would never give him a shot as a pitcher. Well, do you think maybe that we're so in love with Shohei Otani now that guys like yourself and Mark Kotze, who can do both, will get more of a shot now? I hope so. Um, you know, like um... – I think we're starting to see it a little bit. Some clubs are letting, 
you know, guys that have been drafted here in the last few years get a shot to do both, at least initially, um, and kind of keep their options open. Some, you know, they want to see, do they pull ahead developmentally-wise as a hitter or a pitcher? They want to keep their options open. Um, you know, it, it's tough to manage that workload. Like, the, it, it would be, I mean, Shohei makes it look a lot easier than I think it is. Um, you know, not just the mental aspect of, um, you know, preparing yourself to play at this level on both sides of the ball, but also what it what it means um, from a physical standpoint as well. Um, there's so much work that goes in behind the scenes to be successful at the big league level. And now it's like, well, how do you prioritize and how do you manage your time while still being able to stay fresh to play? Um, you know, I think it can absolutely be done. And I, I hope more guys start to get that shot. Um, I, it's just like, you know, you guys see probably Shohei more, more than me. I watch yeah. him on TV all the time. He's my favorite player, but like, um, I think he makes it look a lot easier than it is go pitching a complete game shutout in game one of a doubleheader and then hitting two homers in the second <laughs> game. It's just, I mean, that's high school stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Dan O'Dowd, the former GM, and you see him on MLB Network, was on earlier. We were talking to him because now we're starting to see a little bit of the where we are. We've already seen Tommy John surgery with him, but now as he's you know he's in his prime, but he's been dealing with cramps in his hands and his legs. It's a sign of dehydration and fatigue. It happens. I mean, it happened to LeBron James for a few years, and so he just wonders if it will be. And I think about yourself. If it's going to be more, probably better to have him be a reliever, kind of how John Smoltz went to be a reliever. Like, for you to be a reliever and hitter would be a hell of a lot easier probably than having to be a hitter and a starter. Would you agree with that? I think so. It's a different kind of uh, demand on the body. Um, it's uh, Obviously, you're only pitching one inning at a time, sometimes two innings at a time, but you know maybe you're doing it three times a week. Um, and you're, you're revving that engine from zero to a hundred, you know, really, really quickly. Um, so it, it's just a different kind of toll on your body. But I think from a time managing standpoint, yeah, it might, it might make it easier for him to do both and, and extend his career. Um, you know, I, that would be an incredibly tough decision to make because we've seen what he can do as a starting pitcher, um, and how good he is. Um, so I, I wouldn't want to be the one to make that decision. I, I think, you know, he's so good um, that there's a number of different ways that he can be able to adapt and continue to find a way to do both. You know, one thing that I've always known about athletes, like the toughest thing to do is is to rehab because it's very lonely. You're buying your, by yourself. The one thing that, you know, as you mentioned, you can go back to high school, go back to Little League, Pony League, Colt League, whatever league. One of the things that we always love is our teammates and being around it and being in uniform just mentally, how tough is it when you're just away from everything and rehabbing is just working out? Yeah, it, it can be really difficult, like you said, because you want to be with the boys. You want to be, you know, working with them every day. You want to be competing. You want to be in the trenches with them. And, you know, even when you're around the team um, and you're on the injured list, it can still be tough because you, you're putting a ton of work in yourself, but you're not going through it with them. Um, and you can feel a little bit disconnected from the team. Um, but you have to find, 
you have to find the silver lining in it. You know, you have to look at it like, all right, this is a chance for me to, you know, come back even stronger and make an adjustment. This, you know, baseball is such a game of adjustments. You know, if you can go back and break things down and say like, well, okay, well, can I move a little bit more efficiently? Can I add some more strength? Um, do I change my repertoire as a pitcher, you know, so I can maybe have some more efficient innings? Um, you know, find find something that, you know, you can really sink your teeth into uh, and work on every day so that you can come back better. And I think as an athlete, you have to you have to be able to love that process. It's an absolute grind mentally, especially. Um, but you have to be able to get to a place where you can really embrace it and, um, you know, really fall in love with that process. You know, Lawrence Butler, one of our big time prospects is coming up today he's going to be starting in right field and we got a lot of the prospects up just mm -hmm. as someone has come up as one of those type guys what really is the key when you first get to the big leagues when everything's going so fast and oh my god the crowds what what's 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 like some advice you would give some of our young players who are just coming up for the first time um i would say i would say um keep things as keep things as close to whatever routine you had, you know, in the minor leagues, as far as your preparation goes, um, keep that as close to the same as you can, you know, recognize that there's going to be more adrenaline. There's going to be nerves. That's normal, you know, but it doesn't mean that you have to try harder or do more, you know, that, that extra adrenaline that you get, you know, from running out onto a big league field is going to take, just that by itself is going to take your game and, and raise it uh, a, another level. You know, you, we start getting in trouble as athletes when we feel that adrenaline rush and then we start trying to do even more and force the issue. Um, and that's when we get outside ourselves. That's when we start pressing, um, you know, recognize that you're going to feel, you're going to feel some nerves. Um, you're probably not going to be able to feel your legs for, uh, for a little bit, right. When the game starts. Um, but that's part of it, man. Like everybody went through it. So we all know what's going on. Um, you know, um, just, you know, look around, take a second to look around, embrace it. You know, you're, you're in the big leagues, you're there. And like, you know, do everything that you can do from a preparation standpoint, from a learning standpoint, um, to soak it in as much as you possibly can. You know, great A's always find their way back. It's uh, <laughs> it's incredible how many times Ricky Henderson came back to the A's. I'm not going to be shocked because I think about your relationship. You mentioned the fans. You mentioned the community, what the community meant to you, your wife, your growth. Uh, I'm not going to be shocked <clears throat> that when it's all said and done we can see you back here in Oakland, and I know how much these fans, and these fans have been hurting lately. There's no question about it and how much these fans mean to you. Yeah, I mean, you know, shout out to the fans. I, 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 they've been um, they've been incredible, I think, this season, especially, um, you know, showing their support and making their voices heard. Um, I know there's some going to the game tonight in, in, in Washington, D.C., and I know they're going to have support from from Nats fans there as well, um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what the future has in store for me. Um, I know that Oakland um, will always have a, a very very special place in in my heart. Um, and you know, same thing for my wife. Um, that's where I grew up, 
Um, that's where I got a chance to establish myself in the big leagues. I had an incredible connection with the fans. Um, and that's the first thing I talk about, man. Whenever, whenever anybody asks me about Oakland, they're like, what's it like over there? Because I think, you know, people recognize it's a little bit different. And, uh, I'm like, man, like, you know, the fans are awesome. But like, I think back to those teams in 12, 13, 14, um, the connection we had with the fans, the support we got from the community was so cool. Um, and, you know, even, you know, the Coliseum, uh, whatever you want to say about the actual building itself, like they made it a fun place to play. And, um, you know, so shout out to the fans, shout out to the guys on the team right now. I think, you know, having to navigate a big league season, there's so many young guys on the team, um, or guys getting their first shot to establish themselves. And it can be tough, you know, uh, keeping the blinders on and staying focused with, you know, some of the noise that's been going on in the background for them. And um, so I, I think they've handled it. Uh, they seem to have handled it well. Um, you know, there's good people in Oakland and um, I love being, you know, connected with the organization and the fan base. Well, that's why I think when we talk about the future, you know, at some point you will not play and then you're going to come up on the ballot and fans vote for part of it. I also think of what we do at like fantasy camp, uh, special advisor. I just, I, I have a feeling, <laughs> I have a feeling you somehow, some way, because of your connection with this franchise, uh, you'll be a, a, a part of the A's family for a long time. I, I, I don't know what it, what's in store, but like, like I said, like, I, I think when I'm done, I want to stay around the game um, some way, somehow, and, and um, you know, continue to maybe work with, with younger guys, with players, um, or, or be an ambassador for the game itself. Um, I don't know what's in store, but, you know, Oakland is always going to be where, where I got my start, and, you know, um, you know, I'm proud to have worn the green and gold for sure. You're the best, my friend. Be well. Can't wait to see you back on the mound. You know we're always going to be rooting for you, and I hope everything will go well for you down there in Florida, and we'll talk soon. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. The great Sean Doolittle right here on A's Cast Live. Well, now joining us here on A's Cast Live, he's truly one of our all-time favorites. It's great to see him again. Chris Bassett is with us, and just uh, how are you? It's been a while. I'm doing good. Everything's great. How are you? Well, uh, things are going good. Uh, family, everybody uh, doing well? Everyone's great. You know, I think about an interesting year for you and what's happening with the Toronto Blue Jays. You guys right now are battling for it. You're, you're in the hunt, and that's what you want at this time of the year. Yeah, that's uh, why I signed with Toronto, obviously. Um, I thought I thought for the duration of my contract, I thought we'd be in this spot. Um, probably playing in the hardest division in baseball, so... Uh, yeah, it's fun. I mean, every game really, really matters for us, so uh, it's not only a day off. Yeah, you got a lot of great talent to sit back and watch. Just talk yeah. about when you show up every single day and you look you look out and you go, wow, we got some we got some players. Yeah, um, we definitely have the roster to uh, try to win World Series. Um, it's just a matter of, obviously, I mean, you know, just getting hot at the right time. Yeah, and I think about, you know, what you did here and you know how – all about playoffs and getting to the playoffs and that is such the tough thing right but the good thing is that you have the expanded playoffs so here you in this last month you have an opportunity to try and make it yeah um i obviously 
everyone's goal throughout the whole entire year is to win a World Series. Um, so having the opportunity to do that um, is special, obviously. Um, like I said, I mean, this this roster has the ability to, ability to do it. When I was in Oakland, we had the roster to try to do it. So, yeah, I think it's a, it's been a blessing. You know, I think about we all move on. But when you come back here, what is it like for you? Because I think about your career to where, you know, you come over from the White Sox. So many great things happen for you, for you, your family, so many huge moments, what you grew into as a player, as a man. So what are your thoughts like when you come back to the Coliseum? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think Oakland will always have a very, very special place in me and my family's hearts. Um, that'll never go away. I think just coming over, here, coming over here and the amount of like just great people that were here, obviously some of them are still here, some of them have moved on, but uh, um, yeah, I'm still very, very good friends with so many of the people, just like I said, just because how many great people that we had. Um, so, um, yeah, obviously everything that's done for me in my career and my life and everything else like that, um, I'll be forever grateful. But like I said, this place, this place is very special to me. Scott Emerson on the way over here wanted to say he named your curveball Mr. Blurpy. Is that correct? I think Bloopy. But Bloopy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, no one, no one's caught on to that over here. So we're gonna keep that like that way. We're gonna keep that with us. Yeah, you know, it, it's amazing how guys can grow in their career because your career was so interesting from a standpoint. You got over here, and it wasn't like it just you immediately became the guy. But then by the time you were leaving, you were the guy. You were like the glue of the pitching staff. I mean, you guys were all very, very close. Obviously, it was a team that was going to the playoffs multiple years in a row just talk about your relationships with the guys that were here and what they're still like today yeah uh obviously my relationships um with Simeon and Olsen and all those guys and the pitching staff with Manaya and Montas I mean I talked to literally every one of them still um obviously the coaching staff Bomel um Emo all, Rhino all those guys I, I still am very very fond of still talk with um but the, the reality is, like, I feel like, yeah, like, I, I give so much credit, honestly, to, to Bob Melvin, just because I feel like I took, I, I, did, I did a lot of things that not many people know about, and they were not terrible things, but they were just growing how to be, be a pro. Um, and Bo It wasn't Mel always a day at the beach. No, 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 no. And there was a lot of hard conversations yeah. of how do you handle situations and how you don't handle situations and um, how you handle failure, how you handle success. Um, and honestly, I just had so much respect and admiration for Bowmel that um, it, it was not always sun, sunshine and rainbows, but uh, he groomed me into kind of who I am today. So um, I, I give a ton of respect and a ton of love for him. And I think back of that, it, it, it's made you who you are today, basically a top-of-the-line pitcher. I mean, because we talk so much about it's all about ability. A lot of it is about mentally, how mentally tough you became. And I remember that was a really tough time in Japan when they had that fourth year to be able to send you down because you had Tommy John surgery. Obviously, it was a huge disappointment. But it was like all those little moments and those tough hurdles that you had to get over, it made you who you are today. Yeah, there ain't not, no doubt about it. Um, I Back in the day, I would have changed a lot of stuff, but today, sitting here, I would never change anything. Um, it, it's it's allowed me to kind of see other people go through stuff and be able to be be there for them. Um, 
it made me tougher uh, in the moment. Um, made me work harder and focus harder on things and clean some stuff up. Uh, so yeah, like I, I wouldn't change anything um, now, but uh, yeah, I just, I said, Bowmel, Bowmel's a one of a kind guy. I'll tell you that. Well, I think about your journey and I mentioned you all the time still on the air with Tommy John because it's alarming to me how many people are getting cut on, how many young people are getting cut on. And everybody tries to make it seem like it's just an easy surgery. And I go, no, it is not. And now we're looking at guys with two Tommy Johns, three Tommy Johns. You've been a mentor to a lot of people. I remember Kendall Graveman, we talked about how he relied on you. Just talk about how you've helped people because we're trying to make it like this is an easy thing. It is not an easy thing. No, it's it's not. Um, I, I think there's so many so many different hurdles that people don't realize. Even even guys, uh, we had we have Chad Green in our bullpen come back this year from Tommy John. Um, I've, I've had some conversations with him of just like, hey, this is kind of, these are the steps. Now you're back in the big leagues. But uh, honestly, I, I, I didn't even feel right when I got back to the big leagues until that next year. Um, so there's so many steps to like so-called get back to the big leagues. But even then, you still don't feel right. You still don't feel yourself. Um, mentally, how hard it is to even get back to throwing. Um physically how hard it is, how much work is behind the scenes with trainers. Um, yeah, obviously I think we've definitely medically gotten a lot better at Tommy John, but at the, at the same time, anytime you have a surgery, you have a, you have a very hard battle to get back. Well, I can't thank you enough for everything that you did for us here on AceCast. We've continued to grow and then all the years on my talk show on the radio station. So we're always going to be rooting for you. We're always going to remember that time. Uh, you think of 18, 19, 20, you, you still got Chapman here. We love seeing him. You mentioned some of the guys. Yeah. And we'll just end on this. It was a special bond. I know there's still a text thread out there that a lot of you guys are still on. And even though you didn't win a World Series here, there's always going to be that real special bond that you have with the guys that you played here in Oakland with. Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, obviously we came up short not winning a World Series, but I feel like we kind of – we kind of were all coming into what we could be in our career and we were all very, very young and we were just hoping that obviously to stay together, it just didn't happen. But um, yeah, I have nothing but love for Oakland except for these next couple of games. But yeah. uh, overall, I'll always be an Oakland fan. Well, good luck to you. You know, we're pulling for you. We're always going to be uh, thinking about you as an Oakland athletic. We'll always remember you that, but uh, continued success. And we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thank you. The great Chris Bassett right here on A's Cast Live. All righty. You know, when you deal with these guys, big leaguers, I mean, just to get them to come up the stairs and walk around and find a conference room, I didn't realize it was that hard to get you just to walk upstairs. And you got to have someone come get you and hold your hand. And Johnny Gomes is here on A's Cast Live. I don't want to be high maintenance, but I got stuff going on, champ. Oh, yeah. I got stuff going on. We got Otani coming to the town. Oakland just played pretty well up in Seattle. You got to be on the air at at 630. You you got a big day ahead of you. You're not on the air till 630. That's a we. That is a we. Well, I'm on the air always. You are. You're You're the people's champ. How are you? Right on schedule, bud. NorCal, been up here for a while. You went home to Petaluma. I went to Petaluma, and you know where I swung by? I swung by Cal Berkeley, too, to check on that ball club over there. They got some guys over there. 
Well, I can't wait for yeah. them to be playing against like Wake Forest and Clemson and North Carolina. Get your frequent flyer miles. In the ACC. Right? <laughs> Jeez. Head up to Toronto while you're there. Oh, Ooh. my God. Gosh. Take a little vacay in the Bahamas. Yeah, I mean, that's what it's like when you're, when, when you're on the Atlantic coast. I can't even follow what's going on. More power to you for knowing all that. I mean, that, it's, that it's would a be hot like, mess is what it is. That would be like um, back in the day you sign with the Tampa Bay Devil Rays yep. and, you, and you guys are playing in the NL West. Exactly. It's like putting a team in Hawaii and then putting a team in Japan, sending one team from Japan over to the AL West, and you got to head out there once a month. But we're worried about the kids and their education. Oh, that first, right? Yeah. NIL money, too. Pretty big deal. Yeah, we're worried about their education. Yeah. Um, how crazy is getting ready for this? So, by the way, I showed everybody the notes, and mm -hmm. I did the Angels in pink and the A's in green. Everything is about the Angels. None of it's good. It's a lot of pink. Um, it's a lot of pink because it's a lot of um, – can you imagine getting on the bus to come to the game today with the Angels and everybody's looking around going, who are you? Yeah, you who are wear, you? Yeah, you got to wear name tags. You got to wear name tags. There's a lot of new dudes. What do you think of all this? Um, well – I think from Jump Street, right, like, it was kind of like with the Mets and then the fire sale up there, too. Like, you got to give them the flowers for trying. There's a, there's a lot of not trying in MLB, right? But, I mean, for them to try, I'll, I'll give them the flowers. And then for them to mail it in so early, right, to get rid of these guys so the luxury tax goes down and their pick goes up a little higher, that's another try. But um, how fast that backfired. Right. That's like having a friggin that's like having a three and nine Texas Hold'em and going all in early before the flop. And, and then they it's call your bluff. Bye bye. And they called your bluff. King high one. Oops. But yeah, I mean and then I'd, I'd imagine Otani's going to be gone. Uh, this is going to be I mean, even in the beginning of the season, right, we were talking about already selling the team. And then he pulled that back from keeping it. So, yeah, it's uh, the AL, AL West is in a little little limbo, if you will. And what's weird is coming into this series, you think we're all just talking about Otani and this could be, oh, my God, a triple crown. And, I mean, I, you know, the, the pitching, but now with the UCL, that's a whole different thing. He still leads a bunch of categories in the American League and, it's hard to believe our first international global baseball star coming into Oakland for this series. We're not even talking about him. We're talking about just what a dumpster fire they are as an organization. Yeah, these are two of the, you know, fourth and fifth place teams in the league going head to head. And we're going to see who has a little bit of fight. And you talk about like a job interview for everybody. This is an absolute job interview. He says, Johnny Gomes, this is for all you people out there. I don't care how old you are, especially if you're a younger person, but this is for everybody. Every day in your life is what? A job interview. Every pitch, every swing, IQ test, teammate test. Did you get your work in? Get your early work? Did you watch your tape? Did you work out? You got a month left in the season. You got nothing to play for outside of yourself. You do. How good of a teammate are you going to be? I mean, guess who's also going to be in the stands after this series is a ton of scouts watching Texas, watching Seattle, watching Houston to prep for them. So guess who they're going to be watching? They're going to be watching you by default. 
So, granted, you want to be in that playoff race. Playing for October is the best thing you could ever do in Major League Baseball. But, um, yeah, if these games didn't count, they wouldn't play them. They wouldn't play them, and they count. And you're auditioning for all 29 teams other than your team. So, it really is the same thing for both the A's and the Angels. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, – it's it's fun, man. It it really is playing in September, looking at the scoreboard, looking at you know the first, second, third place. How many games are we out? How many games are we ahead? That's why you play. That's really it. And you don't really know that until you get a taste of it. And once you get a taste of it, you become starving for it. Um, that's why you're able to turn around these slumps in August and June and July. You know, you nip them in the butt early, so you do have something to play for. But um. Yeah, I mean, I think that was, you know, some advice that I wish I would have got was like, yeah, man, like you have this uniform on, but everyone's watching at any given point. Everyone's watching. Ended up getting traded a couple times and like, oh, yeah, they really are watching. (laughs) Yeah. You mean everybody's really watching these games? I thought it was just happening in St. Petersburg. No. No, they're actually everybody's watching. Yeah. And that's what, uh, you know, we're trying to talk about with the young players and – I'll let you explain it better than me because they're going to say you have more credibility to talk about it. It's the – you need to learn how to play a full season. Yeah. And it's just not physical. It's mental. So, for these guys, our players who have come up to, like, get through that finish line, it's like finishing, you've trained, and you've gotten through your first marathon. That allows you then to go into the offseason and go, wow, I got to change the way I work out. I got to change how I prepare mentally because it's such a mental grind to go with the physical grind. How important is it for the young guys, whether you're great, you stink, whatever, just to learn how to finish the race? Yeah, I think you'll figure out real quick as a player it's a lot harder to stay in the big leagues than it is to get to the big leagues. Right To get to the big leagues, it's analytically driven. It truly is, especially these days, to when you can just play a year and a half, two years in the minor leagues, and your exit velocity is there, your average launch is there, you know, your war is there, your defensive range is there. Boom, so you go. Right Back in the day, you had to put a good, solid season in at five to six levels underneath. So it's analytically driven to get here, and then once you get here, it turns into a scouting report. Absolutely scouting report. You know, data is the new currency in Major League Baseball. Look behind home plate. Look at the catcher. He flips over that laptop that he has on his wrist. Those are all your holes, right? There's no more guessing, right? 2-2 two, two count, 2-1 two, count, run a scoring position. I go right to it, right? So these young guys got to figure out how to beat the scouting report of themselves, right? It, the number one thing to succeed as a young guy is you got to self-evaluate. You have to know what you're good at, and you have to know what you're not good at. And what you're not good at, you're going to be seeing a lot more of that. How would you go about that as a young player? you got to self-evaluate, right? You, you have to understand, like, what you're not good at. And it, and it takes, takes a while, especially as a young guy. You hit an inside fastball for a home run, you can just mail that inside-in fastball for two weeks. You're not, you're not getting another one. And it's just all sample size, and you have to change, and you have to change, you have to change to your success because you don't have a big track record, you don't have a big scattering report. So you swing and miss at a slider. I remember coming up, you swing and miss at a slider, and then saw 10 consecutive sliders right after that. And you got to prove that you can hit it before they go somewhere else. You hit the ball to left field, they're going to give you a little pull this way. You hit the ball to right field, they're going to give you a little pull that way. 
So, I mean, as the success comes, at the same time, that baseball is a human element, so you are going to get mistakes. They try and go inside, and it leaks over. So that's the other thing is you got to hammer that. You got to hammer that. There's, you don't get many mistakes in the big leagues. The ones that do get hammered, and when they get fouled back, that's when you got to go into grind mode. And then you jump on a plane and you gotta do it every single day and all over the place. And you know, with the you know the interleague, you're not really the interleague. So I mean, DH is all over. So you're playing all 29 other teams. It's uh, it's a grind, and you find that out real quick. I love how you put that. You got to self evaluate. You got to figure out because they're gonna figure out what your holes are. Real and, quick. And and you know the whole thing too. I, I find especially at this time of the year where we're like, oh, it's a big leisure. There's so much bad pitching. Yeah. There is so much bad. Like I was so, like, like Zach Neal is a cool story. That yep. is a really cool story. And whether you're talking about Zach Neal or whoever, it just goes to show we need bodies. We need bodies that can throw innings and get outs. I don't care if you're 34, 24. I don't care if you throw 100. I don't care if you throw 50. I just need you, whoever you are, random player, to go get me four or five innings because my bull- I wasted my bullpen months ago. Like that guy, like, and that's why I bring up Zach Neal because the story's good. First win with the uh, A's since 2016. That's a cool story, right? He was about to retire. But I'm thinking about going, I need Zach Neal and three, four other guys like him hovering in AAA. I want to have my top guys, but I need three or four Zach Neals who I'm going to need throughout the year. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why Major League Baseball is one of the coolest sports, if not the coolest sport to watch. I mean, there's no, like, 30-year-old that's going to pop up in the NBA. There's no 30-year-old that's going to pop up and be a starting quarterback just out of the blue, right? So, I mean, baseball, you see that often. You do, and I think it's so great that there's these guys always can stay in the fight in the minor leagues, and you go to Japan, you go to Korea, you go to Mexico, you grind it out, and you come back. Baseball players are grinders, right? And I, and I love watching those success stories. At the same time, I love watching a young Acuna come up ready at 19 years old, right? I think our game is in a good spot, and there's always room for the success stories. Uh, to see the emotion from Neil after his start in uh, Chicago, you don't see that interview either at, at other sports, right? You don't see a dude breaking down halfway through the season emotional like in the NBA. That's just what they're cut out for. Um, again, why the, why the game of baseball is best sport. But, yeah, I mean, you, you got to have talent. you got to be deep. You know, you're going to start season with 26. You're probably going to use 36 to 42. got to be deep, and the clubs at the top are the deepest. Yeah, I want to ask you about Mookie and Acuna because that, I mean, it's kind of flip a coin. Uh, before we do that, anything about the A's young players that you like that has stood out? Well, I mean, there's that glaring stat of those stolen bases from Ruiz, right? And, I mean, I look at Ruiz, and I broke him down the other day, and his offensive, like, numbers are so bad, right? <laughs> <laughs> like in a in a young no like in a young analytical way like yeah. free swinging you know chasing pitches off the plate now listen if he's able to tighten this up not a swing overhaul by any means like an approach overhaul, he's got hands and coordination he can swing it it's all there and I love I mean I was there too right every young guy if you're not a superstar are up at the plate just wailing at balls because you're so stoked to be in the big leagues and all that stuff. And there's an adjustment, and sometimes it takes three, four, five, six years. Sometimes it takes one offseason. But for this dude to have 50-plus stolen bases and him getting on base is atrocious. Like, he has 16 walks. When Ricky Henderson stole 130, Ricky Henderson had 116 walks. 
right? He's coming in at a 243 clip. Like, he's chasing a lot of balls, you know, off the plate. So to have 52 stolen bases and hit 340 or higher with runners in scoring position, that's a dude. And not know what he's doing at the plate yet, that's the guy that sticks out to me. And he's kind of just fitting over to left field, so now he can play left and center. Like, he's a cheat code, man. He gets on first, and two pitches later, he's at third. Like, what? I mean, and then along the same lines as these young guys hitting behind him, just take, right? Don't you want to be in a situation with a sack fly? Right? Oh, it drives me nuts all the right. time. So he's at early, first pop early up, in the season. Pop up. And it wasn't even, it would be Tony Camp. It would be, be like, yeah. why are you swinging? Let him go. Let him go, right? And then just, let, I mean, take a couple pitches. Be comfortable 0-2. Be comfortable 1-2. Because if he gets to second, you roll a ball over in the five hole. You just get rewarded with an RBI, right? Let him get to second. Third base has to get a little bit on the line, a little bit closer, opens up that hole. Shortstop's going to be holding them on. Second base is going to be holding on. Those gaps shorten up. The field opens up. So, I mean, letting him do his thing, and then the guys behind him have to be doing their thing. I mean, yeah, he's uh, he's, I, I, I like what I see. I mean, there's a ton of upside. That's what Carney Lansford always talked about the second time because he had the first time, but then the second time around with Ricky where it was a lot easier. Where you got to learn to have that patience when you have a guy like that out there. Totally. Because you want to swing, but you also know you got to suck it up and let him go. Yeah. I mean, I play with a guy like Carl Crawford, you know, Jacoby Ellsbury. Devil Rays. Yep. Jacoby. Not Rays, Devil Rays. There's Jacoby Ellsbury in there. There's a, you know, a Drew Stubbs, uh, Coco Crisp here. Like, just be patient out there, man. I mean, hitting with runner in scoring position, the difference with a runner not in scoring position and scoring position is just 90 feet. It's just first to second, right? And then now shortstop has to honor him. Second base has to honor him. Third base has to get a little closer. That infield opens up. You start to hit with runner in scoring position. You're starting to get some points on the board. There you go. One of the best things around here that we will do to keep ourselves occupied is – Tell Johnny to tell Lou Pinella stories. Son, 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 son. Lou stories are the, you know, we we remember Lou because they. I I was thinking about you in the Mariner series because they yep. they showed Lou a couple times and then you know you think about him in Cincinnati, but Lou Pinella with the Devil Rays, coming back obviously super established the big name he's from the area he's from Tampa. So to bring him back. But it's amazing how Lou didn't know who you guys were, probably never learned who a lot of you guys were, didn't care who you guys were. But there was something about Lou and the way he went about his business that he actually taught you guys things and you didn't even know he was teaching you things. Yeah, I mean, it's I, fascinating. Yeah, I mean, from Jump Street, looking at it now, I mean, you just go look at Lou's like ejections, which are gone these days, right? Aaron Boone has a couple good ones, but that's that was the flow of traffic, and the reason he's going out there is because he like totally had your back, and he went out there a lot of times just knowing he was wrong, but he had your back, and when the manager has your back, that's um. You, you want to go out there and you want to grind for that guy, right? That's your head first slide. That's your dive in the outfield. That's wearing a pitch on the inside with bases loaded anyway and a bad matchup to get that run across the board. 
So all that hard work that goes in between the lines is obviously for yourself, but it's to honor someone. Maybe it's the pitcher that's on the mound on defense or definitely the manager. The manager is the only person leaving with a win-loss record. I don't know what my win-loss record is. Everyone knows what the manager's win-loss record is. So, I mean, the way you play is a tribute to him having your back. And, yeah, there's some beautiful Lou Pinello stories out there. All right, so one that I love is that he taught a group of young Devil Rays Mm -hmm. about you need to show up ready to go every day. Yeah. Now, I think it's easy to yell at a guy. I think it's easy to question a guy. I think it's easy to throw a guy on the DL. There is one story about teaching one guy and everybody observing, and they learn from it too. So – Lou Pinella has it was Jorge Cantu, I believe it was. I think some might have been someone else, but yeah, there yeah, it was one of those guys. It was a promising young Ray. Yeah. Who comes in and doesn't like the pitching matchup that day and all of a sudden isn't feeling so hot. Yep. Isn't feeling so hot. I don't know if it was hamstring or oblique or whatever. Can't go today. Um Okay, you know, that's fine. Son, sit it out, son. Son, 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 you're fine. Go in the training room, get your treatment. We need you. We need you. Go get healthy. First of all, he doesn't know anybody's name. He calls everybody son. Some guys aren't good with names, right? <laughs> son, son, son. So, yeah, it goes in the next day, not in the lineup. It's okay. Next day, not in the lineup. Third day, not in the lineup. Goes up to Lou. It's like, Lou, I'm ready to go. Let's go. Son, 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 I need you to take it easy. I want you to be 100%. Let's take another day off. Now, all of you were watching this. Yeah, yeah. And then it was end up probably was about six days, Lou Saddam, when the kid just wanted one off, right? And then he turned into a dog after that and never pulled on his shirt to come out of the game again. And those are the little things like that of, of a manager and – You know, he went off and had a freaking great career, drove in a whole bunch of runs. But, you know, teaching guys to be tough, right? Like that one little thing, not only did it teach him, but it taught all of us. Because he's like, I don't know why I'm not playing. I don't know why I'm not playing. He's like, you know, relax, relax, get healthy, get healthy, take it easy. Um, But, yeah, it was (laughs) Lou Pinello. He's a gem. I mean, think about that. You could have easily had a team meeting. You could have easily wore that guy out in front of everybody. He basically said, I'm going to make an example out of this guy. Yep. And I'm not going to flip out. I'm just not going to play him. And I have the power to do that. And all you guys were watching. Because you guys had to be all saying, wow, this guy's not playing it still. Guess how many days I spent on the DL and guess how many games I came out of from 2001 to 2016. Zero. 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 Lou Pinello told, taught you up here, you better be ready to go when I call on you. Yeah. Now, if you're seriously injured, that's sure, one thing. It happens. Yeah. But if Randy Johnson's on the mound and you show up going, oh, my hammy. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be ready when that bell rings. Yeah. Lou had some great players and he, he did tons of stuff in between the lines in the clubhouse that he probably doesn't get a lot of credit for. But, um, yeah, as a young kid, being that's my first manager, first big league manager, <laughs> Lou freaking. Yeah, my first big league camp, I got Lou Pinella running the show, and at my locker to my right, I got Fred McGriff, and to my left, I have Tino Martinez. It's seven hundred years of big league service <laughs> for the Tampa Bay Devil Rays to really kick it off. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. We gotta go. We gotta go. There's a big game tonight. You excited? 
Ah, yeah. September 1. Well, J.P. Sears, I'll tell you what. I know things haven't been great for J.P. Sears, but the fact that you've got a young pitcher who is now going to pitch the whole season. Mm -hmm. Getting back to how important certain things are. We talked to David Forrest. By the way, I don't know if we're going to play it on TV today. I asked David Forrest about you. And what do you remember about Johnny Gomes? And one of the things was your robe. Oh, jeez. I had some friggin' homers for that guy, too. <laughs> I remember oh the gosh. robe. I sprayed, I sprayed champagne in the clubhouse. Yeah, your robe and your leadership. Okay, I'll take it. Yeah, I had my work cut out with a young Josh Donaldson and a young Josh Reddick. I was tougher to babysit those two than my own kids. People don't remember, and people may not even know, that let's just say they weren't the best of friends. No, no, but we ironed it all out, and by the end, they were. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, those were two really, really interesting characters. Uh, probably, you know, my hardest projects, I guess. Ever? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, the, the young guys in Tampa were just like superstars. They were good. Uh, I went to Cincy. There's a young Jay Bruce, a young Joey Votto that, you know, almost triple crowned the league. This guy doesn't need any help. Uh, bounce around all over different places. I had a young Ian Desmond um, in Washington, a young Will Middlebrooks in uh, Boston. But, yeah, those two guys, they were tough. They were tough, and they were really good and ended up winning josh won a championship you know with houston he did really good donaldson goes and gets an mvp he's in the playoffs all the time they can't even get rid of him he just gets released by new york pops up with milwaukee yep we'll take him brewer great josh donaldson yep. our old buddy i will we'll see i always love josh donaldson because i think there has to be somebody who is that guy yeah that guy in the room like in your group of buddies there's always going to be that buddy that you love. He's one of the, you know, you grew up with him. You love this guy, but he's got a little, you know what, in him. The guy's also got an MVP on his trophy, on his trophy. But wall. even before that, like yeah. you get, you need somebody who brings that edge. But yeah, I mean, I tell people all the time, he was, he was elite good in his head before he was elite good. And looking back on it, what a skill to have. Like he, he knew he was going to get there. He well, knew fake. he was going to get there. He comes up. Was it 09 or check this out, Cody? He comes up in 09 or 010. He's a catcher. Yeah. He plays two games at the Sky Dome and then gets sent back down and we don't hear from him for years. 2010. Mm -hmm. Comes down 2010 and it's not till 12 where he comes back. Think about it. And he's it yeah. was a catcher and now what we all know Josh Johnson as a premier third baseman. I roll into big league camp spring training 2012 right, right after a big offseason sell everyone away, right? I go to camp, and I've been in the game for a while. Like, I know everyone who's playing. And I go into camp, and I know, like, four dudes. I'm like, whoa. With the A's? Yeah. Whoa, this is <laughs> it's going to be rough. We got our work cut it's out. It's going to be a lot of vodka yeah. on the way to Japan. Yep. And we have pitchers BP, which is like, you know, sim game against the pitchers. There's this kid, he's wearing like 92 or something. It's kind of jacked a little bit, squatty, catcher, third base guy, gets in there in Mesa and just blasts the ball over the scoreboard. And I look around like, 
who's that? And they're like, oh, he's just this double A kid, like tough to talk to, thinks he's super cool. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like no one else is doing that. This dude just went over the scoreboard, oppo. That doesn't happen on accident. Like there's action in there for sure. And they're like, oh, no, he's played double A. I'm like, all right, get out of the way. I'll take it from here. This is a guy. I knew it right away. He, he was a guy. I go to Bob Melvin. I'll stop talking to him, talking to everyone. They're like, you like him? What? You guys are morons if you don't like this kid. And uh, I was pretty bummed out when he didn't make the club. And then he gets called back up. Uh, he Scott, Scott Sizemore hurts his knee. Yep. He doesn't do that well. He gets sent back down. And then he gets called back up. I want to say it was Baltimore. I think we're in Baltimore. And um, yeah, we rode to the field together. And I was like, you know, bro, you're running out of chances. Unless you can pitch. Like, this is it. It's go time. And he's like, oh, yeah. No, I got it. Yeah, I'll be fine. I'm like thinking in my head, wow, like this guy's just calm, cool, and collected hitting 200. Oh, it wasn't 200. <laughs> yeah, it was his on base. He called me. This is a just true story. Josh Donaldson's getting – so Skysmore gets hurt. Scott Skysmore gets hurt, hurts his knee taking ground balls. Josh Donaldson takes over. Josh Donaldson's hitting point zero eight four. Sure. Sent back to Sacramento. On the way back to Sacramento, he calls into my talk show. And my producer in the head goes – Josh, Don- this guy claims he's Josh Donaldson. He's driving back to Sacramento because I was talking college football, and he's a big college football guy, right? He went to Auburn. So I'm like, all right. I took the phone call. JD, I talked to him for like 20 minutes live on the air as he's driving back to Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Who does that? Yeah. He's so pro. I love that kid. And then he comes back, and then the rest is history. I mean, all the way history. Tons of Most them. votes – what year was that? 2015 or six? Most votes for the All-Star game. Yeah. The All-Star game. Cover the video game. MLB the show. Cover. And then 2014, when I came back in the trade, that team, they should, we should, I don't know what happened there. Yeah, what happened to that team I don't down know, the stretch? But, like. You guys were terrible down the stretch. Terrible. Um, it was literally just, like, one through nine in the lineup, just waiting for Josh to come back. Waiting for Josh to come back. <laughs> and he would do something. And he would do something. He was literally carrying the whole His ball first year back, he spent more time in the A's clubhouse when the Jays came here. And after the first night, he wrote this super long text to Bob Mel. I didn't read it, but Bob Melvin told me he wrote this. And it was apologies. It was all this kind of stuff. Uh, brought tear to, tears to Melvin's eyes. It was like yeah. I said, from an ex-player, it was one of those emotional – heartfelt, well-thought-out, super-long text to Bob Melvin from Josh Johnson. He spent the whole three days hanging out in the A's clubhouse. Yeah, that guy's well-loved. He's a Oakland A's history, right? He's well-decorated third base. Him and Chavi, probably, you know, two of the tops to ever do it here. Bando, Chapman, they've had pretty pretty decent run of th- third base. They have. All righty. Okay. I'll see you in uh... – Half. About an hour. Game, set, match. Do you be ready 1st. to go? Are you going to bring it? I, 
I'm driving the bus, buddy. You're driving the bus? I'm driving the bus. It's like I'm driving the boat and you're the skier. You got to follow me. So I'm just showing you up and make up and me. looking good yeah. today? Is that, that that's, that's all it. I'm doing today? You set them up, I knock them down. All right. Great catching up with all these guys. We want to thank Sean Doolittle, Chris Bassett, and Johnny Gomes. Johnny, one of my all-time favorites. Johnny, of course, I still get to do some TV with him. He's a really, really special guy. And to have them all on Ace Cast Live means so much. Now back to Ace Cast, powered by iHeartRadio. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.